0: friends. I am excited to be here talking about assertiveness today and clear communication. I have been wanting to do this for a long time and this is just going to be a really short overview of healthy communication and assertiveness because obviously this is a very broad topic and a very important topic and I could probably do like 10 episodes on this subject and still feel like I've barely scratched the surface. So um, I'm going to start by saying that I had an interesting miscommunication myself this morning with my mother and I was debating which kind of topic I wanted to discuss today and this miscommunication was perfect timing because I thought I'm just going to go ahead and do this assertiveness topic. So anyway, my mother is a therapist in the same office that um, we share and grounded counseling. And from time to time, she'll be running to the bank, um, driving to the bank, I should say, which is only a mile away. And sometimes I'll drive along with her and just visit for a few minutes if she and I happen to have a free hour. And um, I was going to be recording this podcast during that free hour. And I decided to be spontaneous and go with her. And normally I just drive her, drop her off, sit in the parking lot and wait for her to come out and then leave. So today she said, you want to go to the bank with me? And I said, sure, why not? And I heard her tell her office manager that she'd be back in 30 minutes. And I kind of laughed and thought, well, you know, it does take her a long time at the bank, but I'm sure it won't be 30 minutes. So I am in the parking lot waiting on her. And after about 30 minutes, I started getting frustrated because I thought she's going to make me late to my 11 o'clock client. And I got more and more irritated (laughs) and Anyway, long story short, I finally go into the bank, maybe at five minutes till 10. And I say, I'm going to just walk back to the office and leave you the keys. And I wasn't rude about it, but I was annoyed. And so I gave her the keys and I go back to the office and she and I basically get back to the office 10 minutes later. It's probably not really a mile. So anyway, I just have to say I don't walk a 10 minute mile. But um, anyway, she said, well, what happened to you? I thought you were going to come in. I had to, you know, sign some things and make a couple of decisions. And I wanted you in there with me. And I said, I had no idea you wanted me in there. And so she was probably frustrated. We both had to kind of rush into our, our sessions. And then I went from feeling annoyed and a little bit resentful to feeling guilty and sad that I missed that whole, um, opportunity to help her with some business. And um, so anyway, you could say, whose miscommunication was that? And I did say, Mom, why didn't you call me? I had no idea. I said, I've never gotten out of the car and gone into the bank with you before to do business. So I had no idea that you wanted me to do that. So this is the classic kind of miscommunication that we can have with partners, parents, friends, anybody And it can really cause a big rift. And I often have clients in my office saying, you know, we had a huge blow up over a really small misunderstanding or miscommunication. And we often blame the other person for the misunderstanding when it just might equally be our own fault. And um, I had a kind of another Interesting example from years ago, when my husband, Remo and I were newly married, we had bought a house that needed to be totally renovated. So we were renting a house and there was one day that he called and said, okay, you know, maybe we're going to eat or something. And he said, let's just meet at the house in 10 minutes. Well, I assumed we were meeting at the house we were renting he assumed we were meeting at the house that he was renovating. So we we're both waiting and getting annoyed and frustrated. And we both felt like we were right because on our minds, we pictured the certain house. And um, so then one of us called and we were like, where are you? Like, I've been waiting forever. You're late. What's taking you so long? And both of us were just kind of like in, you know, not big attack mode, but sort of like blaming mode. And then we realized that it was just a natural miscommunication and it was on both sides. You know, neither of us asked for clarification or was specific and clear, but we felt like we were being clear. So I think that's what happened with my mother and I this morning. So I have this assertiveness scale that I made up. And if you've ever heard other podcast episodes, you probably know that I like to use a one to 10 scale a lot in my work with clients. And this one is a little bit different because it is a one to 10 scale, but the ideal goal is actually a five. So what I do, and I would like to kind of define assertiveness, and I would encourage you to look it up if you're not exactly clear. Um, When I did look it up, before in preparation for this podcast I found a lot of really great definitions and so one of them that I got from the Veterans Affairs Health Care Group or something um, basically said that assertiveness is expressing um, your thoughts and feelings in an honest, appropriate, respectful and direct way. I really like that definition. I also found another one that said it's basically expressing your point of view in a way that's clear and direct while still respecting others. So I put five as assertiveness and then 10 is aggressive and one is passive. So anywhere around the five would be the goal. Again, life's never perfect but no one's ever perfect. And it's frankly shocking to me how few people, I think, have really, really good, healthy, assertive communication. And myself included, I have to admit. I even tell my clients, I'm like, I'm giving you advice for your relationship that I don't always use myself. And, um, you know, it's kind of embarrassing to be a psychologist that's middle-aged and I still you know, lose self-control and say things in a, in a hurtful manner or a passive aggressive manner. And I will talk about passive aggressiveness a little bit. Um, So one would be the passive, like holding everything in, internalizing things, letting things go, um, you know, just avoiding conflict. And it's not good. It's, it's not healthy. A lot of people think That avoiding conflict is great, but it's not. Conflict is inevitable and it has to be dealt with. And it's really not healthy for us as individuals to hold in our feelings and our needs and to not express what we feel and think and need. So and it's definitely not healthy for our relationships to hold them in. So I know a lot of people that internalize things and let them go and they are a bit of a doormat and it's not good. So the 10 aggressive would be, you know, yelling, screaming, you know, really, you know, being mean and intentionally hurting people, using bad language, um, any kind of destructive, damaging, um, you know, ways of communicating, I think could be considered aggressive. So it's not physical aggression. In this sense, it's more verbal aggression. And again, we need to remember that 93% of our communication is actually nonverbal. So facial expression, posture, tone of voice and all that, that surprises a lot of people that the way you say things, and the way you look, and the way you seem is more important sometimes. Well, really, it is. It's it's a bigger issue, a bigger impact than what you're saying. So, um, so assertiveness. I have a really great chapter from a book that I love. Um, it's called The Anxiety and Phobia Workbook by Edmund Bourne. B O U R N E. And there are multiple editions of that book, but it has a really great article um, called On Assertiveness. And they have a personal bill of rights in this chapter, which you can find all over the internet. It's so good. And it reminds you of the rights that you have. And those are the rights that you need to stand up for. So in this article, or the chapter in that book, they say that there's kind of three components to assertiveness. One is asking for what you need. The next one is saying no to something you don't want. And the third aspect is expressing your feelings. So when you think about being clear, you know, it's about your thoughts, about your feelings, about your needs, about your boundaries, and just being honest and clear is kind. I don't know who made up that saying, but there is a saying that says being clear is kind. And I love that. I also like to sort of think of assertiveness as speaking the truth and love. So, um, you know, we are inevitably going to have differences of opinions and different needs and get our feelings hurt. And we've really got to speak up and be clear and ask for clarification. Um, you know, let people know we're listening and I'll probably do a podcast soon on some of the healthy communication skills besides assertiveness. So um, just briefly, passive aggressive behavior or communication is not really very easy to put on my spectrum or my scale that I shared with you. But really, it would be sort of like, I call it underreacting and then overreacting. So, and I have to admit this is one of my bad habits because I don't enjoy conflict. (laughs) I do avoid conflict and then I let things build up. I hold them in, I ignore them, I don't tell people. And maybe like the 10th time or the 20th time they've done something that frustrates me or hurts my feelings, I might lash out or just be rude or maybe even be passive aggressive. Um, and so then I overreact. So, the definition that I pulled up online um, for being, you know, what that means to be passive aggressive is indirectly expressing negative feelings instead of openly addressing them. So, it's kind of like a sideways, indirect, either punishment or. Um, you know, just kind of letting someone know you're not happy, a lot of times without words. Um, So um, that's an important thing to be aware of, because a lot of us do that. And I certainly am guilty of that one as well. So here are a couple quick tips, and then we'll end and keep this short. Two of my favorite communication strategies that I share with clients, and I just did this morning, actually, that 10 o'clock client that I was late for, (laughs) she said that one of her goals in therapy is to get better with conflict. So I talked to her about some of this and, you know, don't assume people can read your mind, be clear, give people the benefit of the doubt, don't jump to conclusions about what you know, they're saying, if you, you know, aren't sure, just say what I feel like you're saying is this, or what I'm hearing you say is this, is that accurate? Just kind of check in, but anyway, kind of going off on a tangent. So one technique is called the sandwich technique, and that is where you start a confrontation with a positive and and sometimes I say maybe even the positive could be a disclaimer, like I know this probably isn't what you meant, but when you said that it hurt my feelings or I know you were having a really busy day, but it hurt my feelings when you didn't answer my call or respond to my text. So that kind of softens the blow. Um, and, you know, obviously, I feel statements are a huge, huge recommendation for communication instead of you made me feel unimportant. You ignored me. That makes people defensive. So to say I felt ignored or I felt unimportant or I felt rejected when you didn't take my call. Um, So I feel is a good way to do that. Um, And then ending with a positive, um, you know, would be like, I know it's hard to check your text consistently or, you know, I know maybe sometimes I'm too sensitive, but it just hurts my feelings. So um, again, sandwich technique is just starting with a positive or a softened approach. Dr. John Gottman, one of the best relationship experts that's ever existed and researchers calls it the softened startup. So um, positive, then the confrontation, and then another positive. And then my other favorite advice for clients, um, there was this handout that I got called the daily dialogue. I probably had it 20 years ago. I got it 20 years ago and I don't even know where it came from. I have looked for it and Googled it and I still can't find it um, where it came from. But I have kind of adapted it and called it the daily check in because some of my clients think the daily dialogue is cheesy. <laughs> but um Basically, it encourages you to talk for five minutes every day. And I know that's not realistic for everyone, but just what was the most satisfying part of our relationship today and what was the least satisfying part of our relationship today? So um, it just kind of keeps the lines of communication open. And for those who are conflict avoidant, I think it can help them get over their phobia or their anxiety of you know, confrontation and feedback. And then you also get some appreciation and some thanks for the things that you're doing well. Um, But then you're not ignoring the stuff that's causing a problem. So it, it definitely is a great preventative way to keep relationships from growing apart, which you probably can see that they often do, especially if, Big issues don't get addressed. So I know that was short and sweet, but I hope I taught you something you didn't know. And feel free to email me at neverperfectbeth at gmail.com or you can go to Instagram. Um, I'm going to try to do a better job of doing something on my Instagram page. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.